Jackie Robinson Day across Major League Baseball, so that was cool. You got to see everybody wear number 42, and it was nice to celebrate, as always, a true pioneer in the world of sports and in the United States in general. Yeah, so since there was no Tigers game, we will head to the lab again to break down the National League Central this time and roll into a preview of the Pittsburgh Pirates, who the Tigers are playing later today. And then we'll finish with a little look at the Miners, just to keep you up to date on what's going on down there. So I am your host, Chris Brown. It is Tuesday, April 16th, 2019, and... As always, I remind you to download, rate, and review this podcast on any of your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course the new podcasting app Himalaya. And when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Tigers or any of the other fine Locked On podcasts from the Locked On Podcast Network, like Locked On Pistons, because the Pistons are in the playoffs ever so briefly. So yeah, in these days when we have no game to recap, I think it's fun to go and look around the rest of the league and see how the Tigers compare to other teams. And since they're playing the Pirates, I figured we'd take a look at the National League Central, which is, along with the National East, which we looked at before, one of the most competitive divisions in baseball, at least it figures to be. And so far, it's holding up like that. So we'll start at the top with the Milwaukee Brewers, who lead the division in 11-6, just had a big win over the Cardinals last night. Uh, they have a really solid offense, top five in baseball and homers, top ten in most categories, led by Christian Yelich. Last year's National League MVP, who has picked up this year right where he left off last year, has eight homers already, including three last night with seven RBIs, hitting the 350, and he has three steals for good measure. You know, there was a time about six or seven years ago when I was upset that prospect lists had Christian Yelich ahead of Nick Castellanos. So score one for those guys. But anyway, yeah, they have also have Yasmani Grandal, who they got for a song, as a free agent this year, and he's been fantastic so far, hitting well over 300 with four homers. They have Lorenzo Cain, who was the top 15 player last year, hit by hitting for average, walking, stealing bases, doing the same thing this year. They signed Mike Moustakis to play second base, and he's been shockingly fine there. He has six bombs, and they're they're succeeding despite slow starts from Travis Shaw, who hit 30 home runs in each of the last two years, Ryan Braun, who's a scumbag but is a good hitter, and Eric Thames and Jesus Aguilar, who were two of the biggest first-half surprises of the last few years. Strong lineup. Their weakest link is shortstop Orlando Arcia, who is kind of like a poor man's Jose Iglesias. Their pitching's a little more iffy. They might make it kind of fun in the Central this year. Starters Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta have been racking up strikeouts, but they've been running into some bad luck, not pitching deep into games. Meanwhile, Zach Davies is the opposite. He's out there, the third lowest velocity in baseball, and he's not striking guys out, but he's been excellent at getting weak contact. And then there's Corbin Burns, who wins the award for having the name most closely resembling an actor from Major League, narrowly beating out Charlie Shields and Juan Berenguer. Uh, he has absolutely nasty stuff. Top 15 fastball velo, top 1% in spin rate on his fastball and his curve, and yet he has a 10.05 ERA right now because he's given up nine home runs in 14 innings. Nine! That's insane. Uh, their best pitcher is their super reliever, Josh Hader, who basically kept up his role from last year as like a fireman, but he's also the closer now because Corey Knable went down. And speaking of former Tigers, they grabbed Alex Wilson off the scrap heap this year. The bullpen is, is definitely something they need to address later. Maybe a good fit for Shane Green or maybe even Joe Jimenez. Uh, second place is the Cardinals, who lost the Brewers last night. They're 9-7, and kind of similar to the Brewers. Very talented offense, top 10 in homers, and they're 
Early defense and base running numbers are great. Offense is led by Paul Goldschmidt, who they traded for and then extended. Seven homers already for Arizona. And their middle infield duo of Paul DeYoung and Colton Wong is off to a great start, each with four home runs. They have Matt Carpenter, who has been kind of quietly one of the best players in baseball over the, over the last six or seven years. Maybe not quiet to Cardinals fans, but quiet uh, to the nation, I think. He ranks 11th in war since 2013, just ahead of Giancarlo Stanton. And speaking of former Marlins, who were acquired for almost nothing. Cardinals have Marcelo Zuna in the outfield. He's got five home runs already. And Harrison Bader, who was one of the best defensive players in all of baseball last year. And of course, behind the plate is the great veteran catcher, Yadier Molina. And Cardinals fans will hunt you down and kill your dog if you say that he's not a Hall of Famer. So don't do that. Like the Brewers, though, like I said, they have some pitching issues. Jack Flaherty just turned 23. He's one of the better young pitchers in baseball. But behind him, you have Adam Wainwright, who was pitching fairly well, but he's 37. Some recent injury trouble. There's Miles Michaelas, who the Cardinals pulled from Japan before last season. And he went out and was spectacular. He only one of only 13 pitchers last year to log 200 innings and he had the fourth best ERA in the National League. He doesn't fit the mold of like a traditional ace though because he doesn't miss many bats. And behind them it's uh, the veteran Michael Waka and the rookie Dakota Hudson and both have been walking everyone they see this year. The bullpen is a bit iffy. Their closer Jordan Hicks is the hardest throw in baseball but Andrew Miller who they went out and signed this year to shore up the bullpen has been awful. This is another potential landing spot for Shane Green. Uh, we'll move on to the Cubs, who are off to a poor 6-9 and nine start. It's mostly because of pitching. Their team ERA is over 5. John Lester is hurt. Hugh Darvish is walking way too many people. 15 walks in 17 innings, and everyone's given up too many homers. Carl Edwards Jr., one of their most reliable relievers of the last couple of years, uh, was sent to the minors after giving up 5 walks and 2 homers in just 1 and 2 thirds innings this year. The offense has been really good, though. Top 10 in homers, top 5 in batting average and walk rate. Their catcher, Wilson Contreras, is having a really strong bounce-back year. 6 homers already. And outfielder Jason Hayward is looking like the guy who got an eight-year, $180 million contract a few years ago. I don't think it's going to last, but so far, so good. Javi Baez, one of the more exciting players in baseball, still swinging at everything, still making a surprising amount of hard contact despite that. And there's room for improvement. Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Cal Schwarber are all off to slow starts. We head to the, the bottom of the division with the Reds, who seem to have visions of competing this year, but they're off to a tough start. One of the few teams in the same neighborhood as the Tigers in terms of struggling to hit and hit with men in scoring position. Their best hitter is, of course, the former Tiger, Eugenio Suarez, so sorry about that, followed by Derek Dietrich, who's just a scrap heap guy that's hitting for power and not doing anything else. Uh, Joey Votto's off to a slow start, and they, they also have former Tigers prospect Kirk Casale as their backup catcher, and Jose Iglesias is their shortstop, and he's doing exactly what he does, playing defense and not doing much else. Their big breakout star last year, Jose Peraza, is off to a really slow start, 178 with no walks and no power, and they're missing Scooter Jeanette, who's out with an injured groin, maybe too much blue chew. Uh, their outfield is Jesse Winker, who's kind of like their version of Kristen Stewart, although he's a guy who's always hit, but the question has been power, but he's a poor defender. Though he has four home runs this year, so maybe the power's coming finally. And the biggest disaster so far has been Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig, or both, they both got that from the Dodgers in kind of a salary dump, and they're both hitting about 160, although Puig did hit a home run last night off of Clayton Kershaw in his return to L.A., so that was kind of fun. Their pitching's been good, top 10 in baseball so far, which is kind of surprising. Luis Castillo, really uh, very good, throws really hard, has a good changeup and improving slider. They traded for Sonny Gray, who was a disaster with the Yankees last year, but he, he had one rough start to start the season, but he's been good in his last two. They also traded for Tanner Rourke, who's been one of the more underappreciated starters in baseball the last four or five years. Very solid, like, number four starter. And their bullpen is made up mostly of former highly touted pitching prospects who flamed out Robert Stevens and Amir Garrett, Michael Lorenz, and Rizal Iglesias. They've been okay as a bullpen this year, but, but I always kind of like to use the Reds as an example of what the bad side of rebuilding through pitching like the Tigers are doing, could be. 
So yeah, cautionary tale there. And finally, we come to the Pirates, who the Tigers will be playing later today. Coming at eight and six, bottom third offense, solid pitching basically. Tigers are throwing Matthew Boyd today, uh, who remains one of the top pitchers in baseball by WAR at least. And on paper, this looks like a pretty good matchup for him. The Pirates don't hit for much power in their average when it comes to walks and strikeouts. Melky Cabrera is six for twenty off Boyd in his career, so look for him to be kind of annoying. But there's not much history otherwise. Their best hitter so far this year has been their burly first baseman Josh Bell, who is a switch hitter. He's a bit better against righties though, so maybe that won't be much of an issue. Their third baseman Colin Moran, who they got from the Astros, is off to a solid start. He's hitting three oh eight with two homers, but there aren't a ton of threats in the lineup. Starling Marte is a very skilled player, but he's off to a bad start, and Gregory Polanco is currently rehabbing in AAA, where apparently last night he got into an argument with a Mudhens coach, so that's fun. And the Tigers will be facing Joe Musgrove, who the Pirates also got from the Astros in the Garrett Cole trade. The Tigers have no history against them, basically. One at bat apiece from Mickey and Castellanos. His velocity is down more than two miles an hour this year, so maybe that's a concern, but he has five pitches. Four-seam fastball, sinker, slider, cutter, and changeup. He throws them all. He's got very good command, and he gets lots of swings and misses on both a slider and changeup, so it'll be a challenge for the Tigers. And if it gets to the bullpen, Pittsburgh uh, has some big arms out there, including our old friend Francisco Liriano. They also have Keone Kela, who they traded for last year. He was the Rangers' closer, and he sits at 96 miles an hour with this fastball. Then there's Nick Birdie, who the Tigers could have selected last year in the Rule 5 draft instead of taking Victor Reyes. Birdie went to instead to the White Sox with the third pick, and then they traded him to the Pirates. And all he's done this year since uh, recovering from Tommy John surgery is sit at 97 with this fastball and strike out 13 batters with one walk in 6.2 innings. So, yeah. And then their closer is Felipe Vasquez, who is a lefty who sits at 98 with his fastball, and just for fun, he throws three other pitches. So it's going to be tough to come back on this club, that's for sure. And that's it for our trip to the lab with a look around baseball at the National League Central. Yeah, so a lot of people, I think, who do these podcasts do one Blue Chew read and then just play it every time. But I, I like to try to keep it fresh and interesting, although it does get a little bit tiring for me. So I thought this time I'd call in a favor and get a guest speaker. So if you guys don't mind, let me uh, bring him in. Hey, Skip. Skip. I'm just calling in a favor. You know the favor you owe me? All right, all right, all right. Only this one time. Okay, well, I'm never asking for $5 from you again. So what is it? What do I get? Oh, Christ, really? All right. You know, I didn't know why you are using me, you know. You got to talk to Gino. He's a real coxman. Yeah, I don't, Skip. I don't have Gino's number, and he doesn't owe me money. All right, all right, all right. Let's just get over with it. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Uh, it's been so long, I don't know. Now you can go increase your performance to get that extra confidence in the bedroom. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now listen, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no talking to a pharmacist, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA... And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a privacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And I'm done with you. Thank you, Skip. I appreciate it. No more of this. No, no, you're free. That's it. That's all I needed. I appreciate it. Uh, it's garbage. I can't believe you're having me do that. You're ruining my reputation. All right, so let's finish today's show with a quick trip through the minors. We'll take a look at the Tigers' top 10 prospects, how they're doing uh, top 10 according to Town, because that's where I work. And we'll start with number 10, Wenzel Perez, the shortstop at West Michigan, and he is off to a brutal start this year. Have to give him time. He's only 19, and he's playing in the cold for the first time ever, but through 10 games, he's hitting just 146 with two walks, 16 strikeouts, and he's made four errors. 
So maybe pump the brakes a bit on him being the next shortstop of the future. Speaking of shortstops, number nine, Willie Castro. He's playing pretty well in Toledo. He's about to turn 22, but he's hitting 351 right now. Only a couple of extra base hits. Three walks, seven strikeouts. Already made three errors, though. I was impressed with his defense in spring training. I maybe just fell victim to small sample sizes. Uh, Number eight, Kristen Stewart. You've seen him. Bad defender, good power, and not many hits falling yet. You know, ask again later. Number seven, Parker Meadows, the outfielder, their second rounder last year. About what you would expect from him, a guy who, who has four really good tools and the hit tools in question. He's hitting 200 with 15 strikeouts through 10 games, but he has taken five walks, stolen two bases, and he hit an inside-the-park home run the other day that was just a couple feet from going over the wall. So for him, it's just kind of about surviving this year in the Midwest League, stay afloat, hit in the 240 range, eventually cut down on the strikeouts and show a little power. That's what we want to see. Number six, Bo Burrows, the, the starting pitcher. Excellent start to the season. His first outing was a bit short. He, he racked up a high pitch count, I think 80 pitches in four innings. But he pitched in the seventh in his last start, and so far only five hits and two walks. Well, 12 strikeouts in 10-plus scoreless innings. So that's, that's what you want to see. Number five, Franklin Perez has been hurt. Not good. Been hurt all year. Been hurt basically his entire Tigers career. Number four, Daz Cameron. He's just steady out there. He's hitting about 270 in Toledo, five extra base hits, six walks, got 12 strikeouts, which is a bit high, and he's got a steal, but he's also playing great D. He made a really fine diving catch the other day in center field, so it was nice to see. Number three, Isaac Paredes. Kind of a slow start, but I think he's fine. He's hitting 220 with a double, a homer, three walks, and six strikeouts in seven games. In, in AA year, they've been running into some foul weather, so he hasn't had many games. He's played mostly third, but uh, also a couple games at shortstop, and he's made one error. Uh, number two, Matt Manning is absolutely dominant so far. He's fought his command a bit in his first start, but his second outing, he gave up just one hit, no walks, while striking out 10 over seven scoreless innings. It was just pure dominance. He's only given up two hits and three walks to 15 strikeouts in 12 innings. He's probably ready for AAA, but we'll see when they move him. Probably won't be for a little while. And the number one, Casey Mize. Basically all you could want so far. Uh, sitting in the mid-90s with his fastball, showing three pitches that are flashing plus or better. So three secondary pitches. Uh, 11 innings so far and two starts. Five hits, one earned run. 15 strikeouts, no walks. He was starting just the other day on Sunday, but after one inning he had to leave because of rain. So, And then just a couple other players of note. Uh, Derek Hill, their first runner from 2014. He's had a rough career so far. But uh, he made it to double-A this year, finally, for the first time. And he's off to a really solid start. He's hitting 380 with an unsustainable batting average on balls in play. But he did hit his second homer last night. And he already has five extra base hits. Uh, he, he had a career-high four home runs last year. So he's already you know, well above that pace. And he's always been a terrific defender with great speed. Although, kind of odd this year, he's just one for four in stolen base attempts. So I haven't seen him. Maybe he's bulking up and slowing down, which would probably not be great for his pro chances. But we'll see. Alex Fajardo, the 2017 first-rounder, had a, a rough year last year in double-A and while his results are much better this year, he's just two earned runs on seven hits, no walks, 15 strikeouts in 12 innings. It sounds like his stuff is mostly just the same as it was last year. Fastball in the low 90s, kind of average slider that will show a little bit better than that and a fringy changeup. We'll keep an eye on him this year. Uh, Kyle Funkhauser, wild start so far this year. 16 strikeouts in 12 innings, but already 10 walks and nine earned runs. And he seems to be trending pretty hard toward the bullpen. He's, he's already, I think, 25. And we finish with Tarek Skubal, who, you know, for as good as Casey Mize has been, Skubal, who was a ninth rounder last year, has been as good, if not better. Three starts so far, 16 innings, just seven hits and three walks, 20 strikeouts. He's a lefty sitting in the mid-90s. He's touching 97. He's got an athletic delivery. He's flashing in an average curve and an above-average changeup. And the Tigers may really have a steal on their hands here. We'll have to see how he does at higher levels, but this is one of the most encouraging starts in the system this year. So that's something to keep an eye on. And that's our show for today. I appreciate everyone for listening. And my buddy Roger showed me that I actually have a couple ratings and reviews so far. So I appreciate anybody who's done that. And I encourage anybody who hasn't to go ahead and join the party. And yeah, check out all the other fine Locked On 
the podcasts and send me feedback, please. I appreciate it at LockedOnTigers at Gmail or hit me up on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. And I'll be back tomorrow to tell you how the Tigers did against the Pirates and preview the final game of the series. Have a good one.